Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. This sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on June 18th, 2023. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, You'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Audrey Lukasak with a Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel for this day comes from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. I'll be reading from Eugene Peterson's version of the message. Then Jesus made a circuit of the, all the towns and villages. He taught in their meeting places, reported kingdom news, and healed the diseased bodies, healed their bruised and hurt lives. When he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. He was filled with compassion. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep without shepherd. What a huge harvest, he said to the disciples. How few workers. On your knees and pray for harvest hands. The prayer was no sooner prayed than it was answered. Jesus called 12 of his followers and sent them into the ripe fields. He gave them power to kick out the evil spirits and to tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. This is the list of the 12 people who he sent. Simon, they called him Peter or Rock, Andrew, his brother, James, Zebedee's son, John, his brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the taxman, James, Simon, the Canaanite, Judas Iscariot, who later turned on him. Jesus sends his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't go by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them the kingdom is near. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Spirit of the living God, come now and grow our faith, deepen our hope, come and strengthen our love, and water in each of us a desire to be your faithful family forever. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So what is in a name? Each and every one of you have a name. Do you know the story of why you were given the name that you have, assuming that you did not change your name from birth? There are stories around why our mom and dad gave us this name. And for the fathers here today, You have a very special day today as we honor and celebrate you. You probably recall how the conversation might have gone with the mother of your child. Did you agree right away on the name? 
or did you disagree, or did you just wait until the baby was born? Names play a significant event in our lives. It is just one part of our identity. But again, it's the stories around it and also the significance and the meaning behind the name also can carry us forward in many ways each and every day of our lives. Today, in our gospel story, we are reminded of the names of the first disciples. Jesus called each of them and was so grateful for them to be there. But in the gospel writer Matthew, we recall that Matthew really likes genealogy. He, in the first chapter, had the genealogy go for Jesus going back to Adam and Eve. Again, he loves names and the significance, and he even in the gospel story today talked about who they were related to, and some of their parents uh, were also listed. Names are important part. In the native voices, uh, a new Bible translation, this has been something that just has been printed in the last few years. Pastor Siggy on Tuesday at our staff meeting read a, a lesson from the New Testament uh, using the native voices. And on today, I want to just lift up some of the names that they use for the disciples. But even for Jesus is my favorite name they give him. Jesus is the creator sets free. Creator sets free. Doesn't that wonderfully describe who Jesus is? Peter stands on the rock. And for the one who stands with courage is Andrew. For John, he shows goodwill. Another disciple is a friend of horses and the son of a ground digger and a gift of the creator. And then also uh, for Judas, he was given a name as well, but not in the same harsh way. But it does identify him as the one who betrayed Jesus. Names, again, are a significant part of our gospel today and the calling and where the disciples were commissioned to go out and to bring the good news to all. Jesus, again, knew that he needed help. He needed help to do the work because he looked out into the crowds of people in the communities he went and he saw many people who were in desperate need of healing and wholeness. He said that he described it as sheep without a shepherd. So he called the disciples to go out, go out and to help bring healing. Today on this Juneteenth, as well as a day that we commemorate the, the martyrs of Emmanuel, Mother Emmanuel Church, we are reminded over the last several years that not only of the martyrs of Emmanuel 9, but also of many other people in their own neighborhoods who have been killed because of violence. We are encouraged to remember the names of those who suffered from the evil spirits that sometimes possess people to hurt others. 
Again, when we look out for the crowds, when Jesus looked out for the crowds, his heart was broken. We too, when we hear of these stories, our heart breaks. And if Jesus was right here in our worship space today, and as we remember those who have suffered because of violence, his heart would continue to break. These, this violence has been going on for many, many years, just from the time that he walked this land. So as I mentioned to you that part of our identity is our name, but we are much more than just having a name. A few years ago, I traveled to South Africa to study the root causes of, of racism, but also to study the cultural context of leadership. We, before we traveled to South Africa, we needed to be in touch with our own identity, who we are. And we looked at our faith, and we had to be in touch with the culture we grew up in. How did we experience race or racism? For me, I grew up uh, from a family with Lutheran traditions. A couple weeks after I was, I, after I was born, I was, went to church and was taken there by my sponsors and parents because they knew they needed the community to be that village to help raise me. But also my parents knew the importance of our faith. So my baptism and my faith has been central to who I am as a, a person. In addition, the culture I grew up with, I grew up who happened to be born in the United States, who happened to be born white, with the opportunity to be educated, but I also grew up just 50 miles north of Detroit. And I remember in 67 when the riots took place, I, I was only about 11 or 12 years old when I remember seeing on TV people in our neighboring community of the fires and the violence that was going on. That was a brief, far away distance of experiences of race. But again, it wasn't until later that I really learned about racism when it came close to home. My sister was working one summer at our Lutheran church camps, and the director of the camps had reached out to inner city churches and found staff to come from the inner city of Detroit along. We provided scholarships for young inner city kids who've never had the opportunity to be in the wilderness or by a lake. So one of the staff people, my sister was working at the camp and her name was Wanda. And Wanda was, just had an infectious smile and a great laugh and she loved everybody who she came in contact with. My sister decided to invite her to come home for the weekend and to go with our Luther League youth group to uh, Canada to do our annual uh, youth group camping trip. Now, my sister, you know, said, just kind of informed my mom and dad, I'm bringing home Wanda, and she's from Detroit, but my parents said, well, she's welcome to come. For you see, my grandmother and my mom, they taught me as a young child and in our family that Jesus loves the little children of the world. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are all precious in his sight. 
Jesus loves the little children of the world. That was a song that we grew up with. So Wanda was welcome. However, as the word got out that Wanda was coming and that she was black to go on this camping trip, several of the families pulled their kids from the camping trip. This was the church I grew up in. People who I came to love, some of my friends, were part of these families where the parents pulled them out. I struggled with what that meant to be church. Then a few years later, I had the opportunity to go on the National Youth Gathering to New York City. The theme of that New York City Youth Gathering was, And We Say We Care. I was excited to go to a big city. I never spent much time there. But I, our, we only had three kids from our church, and so we chimed in with another youth group from a neighboring community. So I was with a chaperone who I didn't know well. But we went into Harlem and Greenwich Village to just kind of walk the city streets to get to know and to experience what, how other people live. It was the first time that I encountered uh, people who were homeless, people who were different color skin than my own. And it was the first time I was the minority. So there was one man, I remember he was propped up against a building and his, sitting on the ground and his legs were very infected and had open wounds. And he saw us coming through the streets and he called out and he said, what's your name? Where are you from? Some of us stopped and started to answer them. And then all of us, our youth counselor came up and pushed us away and said, don't talk to them. We need to get going, get away from him. And as we were walking by, this man said, what does it say on your badge? And we say we care. I remember that day as if it was yesterday. But both of these experiences really opened my eyes to an example of racism and where we don't always practice what we preach or even confess of how God has created all of us as equal people. But because of their color of skin, we have come to learn how to treat people differently. In on this day, when we have these two different focuses around Juneteenth, but also to remember the martyrs of Emmanuel 9, we are given that opportunity to reflect on our own faith and to ask that question, how does culture, how has that impacted us and how we have experienced race. Just as I encourage you to go home today or to spend some time to reflect the stories around your name, also reflect on how you have experienced or witnessed racism. As someone who said in the Bible study today, it's only been in recent years that my eyes have become awake to really see it's always been there, but as we study and learn and better understand our own biases, it's only been in recent years. I'm grateful for the ELCA who has really encouraged us to use this day 
to really look at the place of our own sinfulness and looking at our own biases. So how do we even begin to deal with racism? And it is by looking at the lens in which we see the world. When I was traveling in South Africa, I entered into Alan Story's church and on the front, who some of you know from Holden and who I use his prayer before starting the sermons every time I preach, he had this on the front cover of his bulletin. In our prayer of the day, we lifted up, God, you have created us in, our own, in your own image. And you, each of us, by our baptism, we have been told we are a beloved child of God. It doesn't matter what color of skin we have or our sexuality or what party we affiliate with, but we are all equal in God's eyes. Jesus said, go out. Go out to the people, not only those who are family or friends or people that look like you or act like you, but to go out to all people, even in your neighborhood. Different ways our communities can respond. Also at the same church in Cape Town, at the top of the door when you enter in, it says, you are born in love, by love, and for love. And then when you enter into their gathering area and get your name tag on, there is this huge mirror. And at the top of the mirror, it says, you are beautiful. And on the bottom it says, and so is your enemy. So we have new neighbors. Our, the Presbyterian Church has just been um, invited to welcome Umoja Presbyterian Faith Community to use that space. How exciting it is that many of these people who worship there, they outgrew their worship space, so they needed a larger space to worship, and now they are our neighbors. It, Pastor Mark has already reached out and met Pastor Joe, and again, others have expressed interest of welcoming them. There's a card that's going to be available today for you to sign to say, welcome, welcome to the neighborhood. A new seed has been planted to see how we can build relationship. A couple weeks ago, I shared in my sermon, our Surgeon General has said, what we need to do in this time where there is great healing in our society, we need to listen and to learn and to love. We have an opportunity not only of this new faith community, but also to continue to listen and learn and to love the people here in Tacoma, both in the surrounding of our church, but in the broader community as well. So every time that you come into our worship space, you see this wonderful, this wonderful picture. And as you go out, you are reminded again that you are to go out and bring the good news to others. Jesus empowered the disciples to kick out the evil spirits, to tenderly care for their bruised and hurt lives. And you have been reminding us all that we have been treated generously so live generously. So may our eyes and our ears and our hearts be open to see how our creator who sets us free, may our eyes be like this one.
Amen. You've been listening to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. Thanks for joining us.